Hello and welcome back to the Second Take Podcast. My name is Calvin Williams. I'm here with my co-host Marco Rogers. Today we will be recapping the prior week in college football, college basketball, and the NFL. We are very excited to get this episode started. Today we are going to start it off with a very fun segment, uh, the Heisman Watch. We will each be naming a player that we believe has a very valid chance of winning this year's Heisman Trophy. Marco, can you get it started? Um. Yes, my Heisman Watch player, though he's probably about like the fourth or fifth most likely to win the Heisman. He's had a phenomenal year. Kenny Pickett, the Pittsburgh QB. Pittsburgh coming in the year did not look good. After that loss to Western Michigan, no one thought that they'd be anywhere close to the ACC championship game. Now they're the front runner for, I believe, the North division of the ACC. I do not care about the ACC, so I wouldn't know. But he's really dominated almost every team he's played. I mean, he dominated North Carolina this week with, I believe, he had 346 passing yards, um, three touchdowns, one pick. North Carolina has a terrible defense, so that's understandable. But, I mean, dominated Duke last week, 416 yards passing, Miami, 519 yards passing and a loss. And the biggest game, in my opinion, is Clemson. Clemson, though, they have had an off year after being projected to make the playoffs preseason. Um, They've had a terrible year. But their defense has been very good so far this year. I believe Clemson has, like, the 12th best defense in college football. So that's a very good defense. And he passed for 302 yards and two touchdowns with no picks against that Clemson defense. So that was his most impressive game due to how good that defense is. And, I mean, he is a dual-threat QB. I mean, he's rushed for over 50 yards in three games this year, which is impressive. Um. Total passing yards on the year, uh, 3,517, which is fifth in college football. 32 passing touchdowns, which is fourth in college football. Only has thrown four, four picks, which is pretty impressive considering how much they pass the ball. And his total QBR is 84, which is sixth in college football. And he's also doing all of this without elite receivers, like guys like C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Matt Corral. They all have elite receivers to throw the ball to, but he really does not. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, especially that part of, about Clemson. I mean, they held Georgia, who's the best team in college football right now, to only 14 points in the first game of the season. So that definitely uh, gives the Heisman Committee a little bit more reasoning and uh, that they haven't just played uh, cupcake teams. They've definitely played some solid teams that are not easy to get a lot of uh, yards on. So definitely very impressive. Uh, my... Heisman Trophy candidate is going to be a running back out of Michigan State, Kenneth Walker III. I mean, I don't think there's any, I mean, there's definitely a lot of really good running backs in college football, but I think he is undoubtedly the best running back in college football right now. Um, He has had an absolutely phenomenal season, and as much as I hate to say it, he played extraordinarily well against a very talented Michigan defense, especially Michigan's D-line. Uh, he he rushed for five touchdowns, 193 yards, so that's a Heisman performance in itself. Um, and he's leading college football this year in rushing yards by over 100 yards in, 
in a conference like the Big Ten, that is very, very impressive to be able to do that. So I've just been really impressed with this guy, and I think that if he's able to have a good game against OSU this week, I think it'll further validate him as definitely a candidate and possibly the winner just due to the fact that it shows that he can do this against every single team he plays, and it's not just like oh, this team doesn't have a good rush defense. No, this he can do this against every single team he plays. Oh, yeah, I agree. He's done this against a lot of good teams. So, I mean, it's tough to not say he's a Heisman candidate. I mean, gets a lot of rushing TDs, lots of yards against good defenses. But I think this week will arguably be his biggest test against the Ohio State defense that struggled early on in the year, but they've picked it up. And this is also the most talented D-line he's faced against all year. So it's going to be interesting if he's able to rush for over 100 yards for like the fifth week straight against Ohio State. Yeah, that'll definitely be interesting. All right, moving on, we are just going to recap some of the big college football games from last week. To start it off, Michigan defeats Penn State in a nail-biter for the Michigan and Penn State fans. Michigan pulls it out 21-17. to Huge touchdown down the stretch from Eric All. Uh, I mean, to be honest, this was completely and entirely the defense that won Michigan this game. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, David Ojabo combined for, I think, four or five sacks, which for is five. Michigan had seven sacks. Yeah, which total. is, yeah. I mean, that's absolutely absurd. So definitely impressive defensive game from Michigan. Very unimpressive offensively, but they were able to get a touchdown down the stretch to win the game. So that's all it took. Oh, yeah, I mean, Michigan, solid game by Cade McNamara, inconsistent. He made a few terrible throws on incompletions that could have gone for big gains, but he also made a few beautiful throws. That first touchdown on Roman Wilson, perfectly placed, couldn't have thrown it any better. Um, The second touchdown on Roman Wilson, it was an easy throw, still in traffic, nice, nice throw. Uh, and then the touchdown pass to Eric All. He it was a wide open drag route, but I mean it was a throw where if he puts that a little behind him or a little too far in front of him, he might stumble or he might get caught. Considering he's a tight end going against defensive backs, he put that in the perfect place. But this really came down to the run game difference. Sean Clifford is probably Penn State's best runner, even though he didn't lead them rushing. Kevon Ke- Lee actually had a decent game, 20 carries, 88 yards. But Michigan's run game, clearly going to be better, though without Blake Corum, it's looking like he'll be out for the rest of at, at least the regular season. Um, Hassan Haskins. Uh, I think there's a possibility that he'll be ba- back for the Ohio State game. Yeah, but it's like he's questionable for that game. Hassan Haskins, 31 carries, 156 yards. Uh, he had a couple of uh, 17 yard runs, so he didn't. Those were his longs, so he didn't really beat them with the long game. But he just consistently gets five, ten yards every carry. Like, at the minimum, he's getting two yards at least. So, very reliable guy to run the ball with. At the beginning of the game, Michigan, they were handing the ball off every first and third down. It was pretty predictable. But then they were able to mix in some new packages with the O-line. They were able to run the play action, which made them back off on the run a little. In overtime, Haskins just dominated this Penn State defense. Yeah, I agree that play action definitely had – 
uh, forced Penn State to stay balanced on both first and third down. So it's definitely going to take some creative play calling to beat Ohio State uh, in two weeks. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. And I also want to give a shout-out to Sean Clifford. I mean, he was the only reason why he was in, why they were in this game. Only passed for 200 yards. He was getting beat up. Seven sacks on him. Probably about 30 hits that the Michigan defense got on him. Pressure every play. He hanged in there and kept them in this game. So shout-out to Sean Clifford. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, moving on. Number 13 handles number 8 Oklahoma, uh, takes out all of Oklahoma's uh, big uh, college football playoff hopes. Uh, This was honestly super surprising to me, uh, and clearly to all of the Baylor fans because they stormed the field at the end. (laughs) This, to be honest, really – I mean, obviously – Michigan controls their own destiny right now, but it still really helps out Michigan's hopes for the college football playoff. And it's just going to be very interesting now that they're eliminated. Cincinnati's really the only unproven team left that uh, that needs to prove themselves to the committee because Oklahoma's not making it anymore. So it's definitely going to take Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati's really the last team that's on the bubble right now. Oh, yeah, I mean, great game. Gary Bohannon had a great game throwing the ball. Also, they had two players rush for over 100 yards. Gary Bohannon had 107 rushing yards himself, two rushing TDs, great dual threat QB. And a- Abraham Smith rushed for 148 yards with an average of seven yards a carry. They just dominated this Oklahoma defense, though. The score doesn't really tell you that. I mean, it really was a domination by this Baylor all-line. I mean, Caleb Williams really just took himself out of the Heisman debate. He had a great – he came in against Texas, had a great game. Uh, Against Kansas, he had a not phenomenal game. But, I mean, he was still able to hang in there, stay in the Heisman race with some great games down the stretch. But here he – I don't think he was going to win the Heisman after coming yeah. in midway through the season, but I get what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, like he, he looked like the best player in college football in those games, even though he can't do midway in the season. But 9 for 18, they only threw the ball 18, yard, 18 times with him. Rattler ended up coming back in with him. It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen next week in a tough game at Iowa State. Um, I believe they're going to stay with Williams, but – just give him some competition. Make sure he knows that this is not completely his team, and make sure that he has to stay uh, focused and just win games for them. Great win for Baylor. I think they are in contention of being a New Year Six team, without a doubt. Definitely, they're still in contention for a very good ball game. Moving on, uh, number four, Ohio State absolutely destroys Purdue. Uh, this is a top 20 matchup. And to be honest, or it was like they won by 20 points. And this game just was not close. I mean, from the start, o- OSU was up like 28 to seven in the first quarter. Uh, Purdue's passing offense definitely showed a little bit in the second half. But by then, Ohio State had some of their backups in. Not as much, but a little bit. They weren't playing their best guys at all times. So Purdue was able to put up some points at the end. 
But Ohio State absolutely handled handled Purdue, shut down this very powerful passing offense, and that just really, really scares me as a Michigan fan. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that they can have three incredible running backs. Meon Williams is 5'10", 250 pounds, something like that, and he just rushed for 100 yards off a not-bad defense. That's just insane that a guy is that small and that huge and is still able to be that small and that huge. (laughs) Uh, Travion Henderson, another big game, even though he wasn't their leading rusher. If you told me Aiden O'Connell goes 40 for 52, 390 yards, four TDs, no picks, I would think that this is a very close game. But the deciding point in this game was in the first quarter, 14-7 Ohio State. Ohio State scored. Purdue responded. Ohio State scores again. Purdue's driving down the field at the Ohio State 30-yard line. They bring in their backup. I forgot his name, but they bring in their backup. He fumbles on a read option, um, confusion between him and the running back. And then very next play, they hand it off to Travion Henderson, 56-yard rushing TD. That really cemented this game, in my opinion. Yeah, this is a very scary Ohio State team. Uh, I really don't know what to expect for next week against MSU. I think it'll definitely be an interesting game, and I'm very excited to watch it. All right, moving on. Uh, Number 20, Pitt defeats University of North Carolina in overtime. Marco, did you get a chance to watch this game? No, I forgot that this game was on Thursday. We actually knew that this game had already ended by the time we made that last podcast, uh, but we forgot about it. Uh, Kenny Pickett, as I mentioned, as my Heisman contender, great game. And Sam Howell, as you said a few weeks ago in our defe- in our developing story segment, he needed to outplay three QBs to win the Heisman. Sam Hartman, the Wake Forest QB, he did that. He had to outplay Kenny Pickett. And then he had to outplay whoever the NC State. I mean, oh, I know the NC, the whoever the NC State QB is, and he failed to outplay Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett just dominated this North Carolina defense, even though they only allowed thirty points, which I, I believe that's the least he's, they've allowed all year. Actually, the Virginia Tech game they only allowed seventeen, but that was actually a solid defensive performance by North Carolina, but. The Pitt offense is just too much. Kenny Pickett dominates. And Pittsburgh looking like they could be in contention for that Peach Bowl because the ACC team has to be in the Peach Bowl. So I I think Pittsburgh's going to make a New Year's Six game. Very interesting. Yep. All right, moving on. Iowa defeats Minnesota. Uh, Huge win for Iowa, especially for the Big Ten West standings. Obviously, both of these teams were in contention for the Big Ten West uh, title. And I think that basically knocks out uh, Minnesota, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're one of the few teams that still has that game against Wisconsin. I kind of want them to win that game so Wisconsin doesn't make it because if Michigan makes it, it's not a Big Ten championship. I do not want to play Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We still got to beat Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying I said if. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Iowa found their new QB. I mean, Alex Padilla, 11 for 24, 206 yards, two TDs. Actually not that good a game. He just had a couple of big throws, Um, had a 27-yard uh, touchdown. There was a 72-yard touchdown. 
just a couple of big plays were able to win Iowa this game. And uh, what looked like it would be a low-scoring game after that first half, 13-10, and really even after the first um, after the third quarter, it was 17 to 16. But in the fourth quarter, Iowa's offense was just able to break out. And big win for Iowa. They're one of the two teams in contention right now for the West. Yeah, that'll be very interesting to see who comes out on top of the West. I would say that uh, Wisconsin definitely controls their own destiny right now. Uh or I guess both of them sort of have to rely on... No. Or no, Wisconsin controls their own destiny because they have yeah. head-to-head over Iowa. Uh, but Iowa will need Wisconsin to lose one more Big Ten game if they would like to make the Big Ten championship. All right, moving on to NFL. We have the Patriots destroying the Browns in another very, very good win. Uh, as a... Lions fan with a friend who's a Patriots fan. This really hurts my soul uh, because the he's Marco is just rubbing it in my face that the Patriots are doing so well. But to I mean, if I'm being real, the Patriots have been very very impressive the last couple weeks. I mean, Mac Jones is showing improvement every single week. Ramondre Stevenson is definitely taking his role as a lead back for this team, and they've. And defensively, they've been phenomenal. So this is a very well-rounded Patriots team, and they're getting better every week. Yeah, when you bring in Case Keenum in the fourth quarter and he's your leading passer, that's not saying very good things about your team. I mean, Baker Mayfield, they drive down the field, 11 plays, 84 yards, five minutes, first drive of the game, and they never got in the red zone for the rest of the game. That's kind of sad. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson with Damian Harris out had a huge game, 100 yards rushing, two, two TDs. And, I mean, Jacoby Myers, first touchdown of his career after 1,500 yards and over 100 receptions, he gets his first touchdown. Exciting for him. Um, and this Patriots defense just looks incredible. They're not allowing many points to any teams. They shut down the Panthers last week, shut down the Chargers the week before, shut down the Jets the week before that, and this week, probably the most dominant game of all. I mean, this is a very solid Browns offense, and they just obliterate them to only hold them to only 217 yards in 58 plays. That's just insane. Only one turnover, that was just dominance in the in the overall defensively and Patriots when you look down at the schedule not many tough games they still have to play the Bills twice they do have to play the Titans but when you look at their schedule those are the only games that are really losable they play the Colts that could be tough but they still get to play the Falcons the Jaguars and the Dolphins so it's looking promising for the Patriots to make the playoffs uh yeah definitely I mean in the NFL Obviously, it's different from college. I mean, any team could win any game, but definitely looking promising for you Patriots fans out there. Moving on, Cam Newton is back in in Carolina. Uh, big win for them last week. Uh, they didn't have D Hop last week. I don't think did I don't think they had Kyler either, right? No, they had no Kyler, no D-Hop in this game, so it wasn't looking great for the Cardinals at the beginning. Yeah, but still a very impressive uh, game for the Panthers. I mean, the first two times that Cam Newton touched the ball, he scored, so that's definitely promising. Uh, he's 
they're saying that they're preparing him for the starting role next week, so that will be interesting. And I'm just wondering if this Carolina team uh, can continue this. I mean, they have three straight really good wins, and I I mean, this game, more impressive Not than all of straight. them. What? They lost the Patriots last week. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So, But they've won two out of their last three games. And I just think they're a very good team. Or not very good team, but I think they're a potentially good team, especially with Cam Newton. I think that'll give a lot of players hope just because, like, this is where he led a team to a Super Bowl. So I think that uh, fans will be happy to see Cam back, uh, get some more people in the stadium. I think it'll be very exciting to see what this team has to hold in the future. Weeks. I don't think it's I don't think it's much of having Cam Newton. I mean, he's a great QB, has a lot of talent still and left in his career. But I think it's more not having Sam Darnold. That's really more of what it is. He yeah, is, definitely. He pretty much gives away seven points when you start him. Um, big win for the Panthers. Great de- defense. Um, PJ Walker did play a solid game though. He did throw a pick. Christian McCaffrey getting back to um his usual project production and this Panthers team I think they're gonna make the playoffs due to that seven spot and the NFC just looks terrible um they're the only team that's 500 that is in contention for that seven spot so I think that the Panthers are gonna be a playoff team yeah definitely gonna be interesting in the future uh moving on the 49ers absolutely destroy the Rams in Monday Night Football this game was really interesting. I mean, coming in, I thought the Rams would have a great defensive game. They would hold uh, San Francisco to, I mean, 21 or less points because, they're. I mean, they're a decent offense, but they're not that amazing. And I thought their offense would do enough to win the game. But neither of those things proved to be true. I mean, great defense by the 49ers. Um they held Matthew Stafford to short yardage gains, made him throw two picks. But I think the difference in this game truly was Debo Samuel. I mean, he is able to go in the backfield, make a big run. He's able to get yards after the catch. I mean, he leads the NFL in run after catch right now with over nine like after every catch, and that's just absolutely absurd. He is proving to be a very, very valuable receiver for them, and I'm definitely intrigued to see what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, I mean, they ran the ball 44 times, the 49ers did, and they were able to do it with much success, four yards of carry in the NFL. That is quite a bit. I mean, college, that's about average, but in the NFL, rushing four yards of carry, that's impressive. And it's unheard of to see a team rush the ball more than 40 times in the modern NFL. Back in, like, the 70s with the Bears, they used to run the ball 50 times a day game, I think. I don't actually know, but... I, I get I think so, um, but Back here in they my just, day. <laughs> uh, they run the ball forty four times. Elijah Mitchell, great game, and they were doing whatever they could to get Debo Samuel the ball. Five receptions, ninety seven yards. He also I believe he carried the ball about like ten times for quite a few yards. I believe, uh, yeah, he had four. Wait, no, five rushing attempts for 36 yards. So that was pretty impressive. Also a rushing TD. So they're just doing whatever they can to get him the ball. Best offensive playmaker for their team. 
And 49ers and Panthers, I think they're going to be fighting for that seven spot in the playoffs. It is a little too early in the season to predict that, but I think that those two teams are the guys in contention for the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't want to talk much about this game, but the Lions, I mean, this was the worst game of football I've ever watched. Uh, You should watch the low light reel or whatever. Uh, This Lions-Steelers game was absolutely awful. Ended in a tie. I don't even want to talk about it. It was so bad. So we're going to move on. Yeah, but we also don't have that much time. So, uh, so moving on, we're gonna move on to college basketball. Uh, Illinois upsets Marquette. Or sorry, Marquette ups gets up. So Illinois gets upset by Marquette. This game was just a little surprising, to be honest. I mean, it wasn't anything absolutely insane. I mean, it was a very close game, but like. It was very hectic at the end of the game, but I was just unimpressed with Illinois, to be honest. I mean, Marquette truly just outplayed them. And Marquette's a good team. I mean, they're 3-0 and with two not great wins, but still not impressive from <laughs> Illinois in the slightest. And I didn't see anything that said that they should be a top-10 team. So definitely interesting to see them get knocked off this early in the season. Uh, Marco, do you have anything to say about this one? Oh, yeah. I mean, when you turn the ball over 26 times on the road, that's not a very good sign. And 20 seconds left, Illinois up by one off after Marquette just missed two free throws. Um, Frazier in the post. I, I don't know how Trent Frazier's still in college basketball, but Trent Frazier in the post, he's like a six-year senior or something. Um, and then... Uh, Marquette player comes over to help and just kind of kicks the ball out of Frazier's hands, uh, picks it up, and gets an and one on the other side, sealed up this game. And I'm also very unimpressed with Illinois' play so far this year. Um, they haven't really won any games convincingly, and there they just lose. I think the Big Ten might have another uh, tough year in non-conference play last year. Um in the NCAA tournament, if you remember, the Big Ten was crappy. Everyone thought that there would be like seven, six or seven Big Ten teams in the lead eight, and there was only one. So unimpressed. I don't think anyone with, thought there would be six Big Ten teams in the eight. There, there eight. Maybe it's sweet I, I, sixteen. Yeah, no, people thought that there would be like three or four at least, though, with Iowa, Michigan, Ohio State, um, Illinois. Yeah, Illinois. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Only Michigan was the only one to make it to the lead eight. Um, yeah, so tough loss for Illinois. Let's see if they bounce back in Big Ten play. Gonzaga handles number five, Texas. I thought Texas was overrated already, and they kind of showed it in this game. I mean, Gonzaga's the number one team in the country. You can't, like... Yeah, but they came back late. They would have lost this game by 20 if Gonzaga kept their starters in. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Um, But just Gonzaga proving that they're a better team once again. Uh, yeah. I feel like Gonzaga, they they try to schedule a tough uh, out-of-conference um, play because they play no one good in their conference. But they always seem to pick like, the teams that are overrated. Like Texas, <laughs> they were they were somewhat overrated. UCLA is not overrated, but like Duke is kind of overrated. Alabama's kind of overrated. <laughs> teams like, that will make them look better than they actually are. Yeah, they, they're, they're pretty good at doing that. Yeah. Um, but nice win for Gonzaga. Credit to them. 
Um, nice win. Uh, number two, UCLA knocks off number four, Villanova. Big game right here. A lot of people thought this would come down the wire. And, I mean, it kind of did, but UCLA is still able to pretty easily beat Villanova. Um, I, I wouldn't Villanova. say easily. I mean, this was an overtime victory. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I this game... <laughs> then let me talk about it. All right. Um, yeah, this game was, I mean, instant classic right here. This game was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, this, I mean, coming down the court at the end of the game, Jules Bernard makes a beautiful bank floater uh, to tie the game. Villanova doesn't score on the ensuing possession. So, uh, but then UCLA just sort of took over in the in overtime but this game was very close up until the end of regulation and what i mean obviously johnny juzang's an amazing player but in the first half he didn't have a great game but in the second half it was just johnny juzang takeover i mean phenomenally he played phenomenal seems like he was just bullying his way through uh, if you look at his stats, they're not very impressive, but all of his point, almost all of his points were in the second half. So, still very impressive game from him. Not statistically, but if you watch the game, you could tell in the second half he was he came out ready to play. Uh, Jules Bernard once again having a great game, uh, sixteen points, nine nine rebounds as a guard, and three assists. So very good game from him. This UCLA team is going to be very scary, very fun to watch, and I'm very excited to watch them uh, play in the future. And they also uh, moving on. Uh, in this game, they also proved that they don't need to shoot the three extremely well to put up more than 80 points. Like, they score 86 points, and they only shoot 37% for the three-point line, which isn't terrible, but compared to Villanova shooting 46% from three, it's not great. So they proved that they can score without the three. Yeah, definitely. Just showing that it's just character. I mean, showing the ability to win games when you're not shooting your best. Yeah. All right, moving on. Seton. Uh, tonight we have Seton Hall at number four, Michigan. This will be hopefully a or not hopefully, but this will potentially be a pretty good game. Uh, this is for Michigan's first like decent game. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they hold off a better team because, I mean, they had a couple cupcake games at the start of the season. Uh, personally, I'm really excited to watch Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate, our two five-stars. Uh, I want to see them really show out this game, uh, and I'm just excited to watch it. I think Michigan's going to take care of this one. Seton Hall, uh, they played very good their first two games. I mean, they beat... Fair Dickinson and Yale by 50 each, and they've just been a very solid team. Obviously, they're a basketball school, so they're going to be a good team. And this isn't just like a one-man show for uh, Seton Hall. I mean, they have – I mean, their leading score only has 13 points a game right now, and they're scoring 80 and 90 points. So it just shows that they're a very versatile, deep team. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see what – happens for them. Yeah, very versatile, as you said. I mean, uh, Miles killed their leading score of 13 points. Bryce Aiken, 12 points a game. Um, they also have 
Uh, Jameer Harris, he's getting 9.5 points a game. Like, they're able to spread the ball around well, a lot of depth on this team. And this is also the most talented roster Michigan will play until they play Arizona, will likely play Arizona unless they lose on Friday night. Um, but, yeah, this is going to be a pretty tough game. I got Michigan 84-73. to 73. All right, that's all we have for today. Marco, do you have anything else? Nope. All right, thank you guys for listening to the Second Take Podcast. We will see you on Thursday to predict the weekend in the NFL, college football, and college basketball. We'll see you then. See you later.